Happy Father's Day and welcome to Verde Valley Christian Church Online. Whether you're joining us this morning from your home or you're gathered with a, a group of others, uh, we welcome you here today. We're in a series called Stay Positive, and today's sermon is titled Words Never Spoken. It seems like this world is caught up in an, really an ever-escalating conversation of negativity and turmoil at almost every encounter. I find myself this week singing Home, Home on the Range, and I'll certainly spare you my singing voice, but Home, Home on the Range, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. That seems so contrary to the world that we live in. I want to start this morning with sharing two stories with you. The first one is a very personal story of a failure in my own life. And the second story is from Scripture, where we see Jesus demonstrating the power of words to encourage and uplift. My personal story is this. Karen and I were married as very young believers, and we started our marriage with a blended family of four children. I had two children from a previous marriage. Karen had two children out of wedlock, Tara and Matthew. Matthew was given up for adoption when he was just a month old. After about 15 years of struggling with, with uh, parenthood and learning how to parent a blended family, we decided to call a family meeting together. Our kids, Chris and Shannon and Tara, were probably 18, 17, and 15 or 16 at the time. And we called together a family meeting really to um, just to talk things through and for Karen and I to repent and apologize to our children for our own shortcomings in parenting them and our own shortcomings in fulfilling the obligations of mom and dad. And in that story, my son said something to me that is painful to this day as part of that conversation. He said to me, all I ever wanted was to make you proud of me. And I think that what that, as that pierced my heart, what that told me is that I had failed to share the words that I felt in my heart. I was proud of him. I was very proud of him, but those words were never spoken. So he was not sure that his father was proud of him. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. We have no idea what God will do with a single spoken word of encouragement in someone's life. The second story is from Luke chapter 13, beginning in verse 10. Let me read part of this story. And he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by a spirit, and she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid hands upon her, and immediately she was made erect again, 
and begin, began glorifying God. It goes on to tell us that the religious leaders that were present there were uh, indignant because Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath. And Jesus responded to them, you hypocrites, you untie your ox, you untie your donkey, and you, you lead it to water. Isn't it right for this woman to be released from her bondage? And then we see, jumping down a little bit, we see in verse 16, we see Jesus using the power of his words to encourage and uplift and restore this woman. He called her a daughter of Abraham. And I believe, we don't know for certain, but I believe that that statement sent a shockwave through that room. I don't know that that phrase had ever been spoken. These religious leaders uh, had certainly heard sons of Abraham, which they considered themselves to be, but a daughter of Abraham? With Christ's words, he gave this woman a place to stand alongside the sons. Yes, he healed her physically, but he also healed her spiritually. He healed her relationally, and he healed her emotionally with those words. This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, he validated who she was and gave her an identity in God's kingdom. There's a quote that says this, People will forget what you said, people for, will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Our words are powerful. And my heart still aches that my son didn't hear enough of the words that helped him understand at that point in his life that I was proud of him. He didn't hear those words of encouragement. I did make sure from that time forward uh, uh, that he heard those words and he understood my heart towards him. And he certainly forgave me for that period, that time of our life. And then in the story out of Luke, I believe, uh, on the contrasting story, I believe that that woman left there, that daughter of Abraham left that place with a changed life. Jesus changed her life with his words of encouragement. He set her on a path of understanding her identity and worth to our Heavenly Father. He spoke words of life to her. There's a saying that says, sticks and stones, you might know how this goes, but this one's a little bit different. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can change your brain. God has already said this, and science echoes it with these words. A single word has the power to influence the expression of genes that regulate physical and emotional stress. Positive and negative words can literally change your brain. Again, back to Proverbs, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if you're looking at your outline uh, on the YouVersion app or, or uh, up on the screen, the first point is everyone needs encouragement. Everyone needs encouragement. Encouragement is a universal need. And I believed the lies for years and years that I didn't need encouragement. And because of that, I didn't figure that I needed to encourage anyone else either, especially in the workplace. I took the approach which now I realize was totally foolish. I took the approach of you're getting a paycheck, that should be encouragement enough. And that approach didn't work. For those few in the hundreds of employees over the years, uh, 
that I was responsible for, those few that I did pour words of encouragement into, they thrived and they excelled in the things, not only at work, but in their personal lives. So for all the rest of them, forgive me for that, that wrong attitude about encouragement because everyone needs encouragement. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So encourage one another and all the more as you see the drawing near. And I believe that day is drawing near. I mean, these times have certainly made me cry out, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I mean, life is rarely without challenges and turmoil. And, and uh, our world is like that. It, it's, in fact, it's a promise in scripture. Jesus told us clearly that in this world, you will have tribulation. That's not a promise that I wake up every morning and, and claim with my lips because I, I, even though I realize that it's not one that I really uh, like to claim. And there's another quote that says this, never forget that everyone needs encouragement and everyone who receives it, young or old, successful or less than successful, unknown or famous, is changed by it. So the universal fact is, the biblical truth is we all need encouragement. And one of the reasons that we need encouragement is in point A on your outline is that everyone, everyone is fighting a battle. Everyone is fighting a battle. Whether it's the guy in front of you driving 10 miles an hour below the speed limit, or whether it's the lady six foot in front of you at the grocery store with 700 coupons and 14 children, or whether it's the guy on the corner holding the sign that says homeless need help, or the coworker who's not carrying their load in the workplace, or the well-dressed businessman who, who appears confident and successful. Uh, we're all fighting a battle, and it's easy uh, to forget this sometimes, that the people that we see, uh, we just assume that, that, that everything is fine in their lives. Hebrews 3.13 says this, but exhort one another every day, exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. In our battles, in the depths of our struggles, it's easy to feel like we're alone. It's easy to feel like everything's against us. It's really hard to see beyond beyond the, the obstacles that are in front of us, beyond the circumstances that are surround us. And uh, uh, discouragement and hopelessness can allow cracks and crevices to develop in which the enemy can get a foothold. And then the deceitfulness of sin brings into our lives lies and distractions. Sin destroys, it tears down, it makes us believe that we'll never be happy, uh, we'll never make it out of this pit, and we certainly will never measure up. The enemy is always crouching at the door, ready to bring discouragement and distractions into our life. So as it said in Hebrews, daily encouragement, daily encouragement, coming alongside someone else, letting someone know that we're rooting for them, that they're not alone, helping them see beyond the obstacles they're facing, showing them by our words and our actions that we're vested in their success, that we have an interest in helping them get through this situation. So this daily encouragement that we all need helps us to see beyond what is right in front of us, helps us to have a hope 
that we can have victory, that we can over, be overcomers in those battles that we face. And that we, it, when we have that daily encouragement, then we're a lot less likely to be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Moving on to point two on our outline is, you are in everyone. I am in everyone. Sometimes the person that needs the most encouragement is you, and it's me. And I, I'm really preaching to myself here. I need encouragement. But I do believe this also, that I have to learn how to encourage myself before I can offer encouragement to others. It tells in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30 that David encouraged himself in the Lord. He was in a very difficult situation as a leader. His men had turned on him. Um, they were considered considering stoning him, and these were loyal followers. This was a bad situation. They were talking about stoning him for what had taken place. And it tells us there um, that he found encouragement and strength in the Lord. Well, how did he do that? How did he find encouragement in the strength uh, and strength in the Lord facing that kind of circumstance? Well, I believe what David did was he remembered and reflected and placed his confidence in God's prior faithfulness to him. He looked back and saw how God had led him through difficult situations. So he made a decision. He chose to walk in faith, seeking the Lord's counsel, and focusing on the God who controls the circumstances instead of the circumstances before him. Again, encouraging himself so that he could be an encouragement to his men. In Psalms 42, we see uh, some more of what I would almost call kind of some self-talk, some self-encouragement, where we see the sons of Korah uh, encouraging themselves. Several times throughout this psalm, we see the phrase repeated, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? And then we see the encouragement, they're talking to themselves, and they say, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. They said that several times throughout that psalm to bring encouragement to their own hearts in the situation that they face. So it's sort of a self-talk, a self-encouragement, speaking words of life to ourselves. It's an important thing to do. Um, a, a few months after, I, uh, after my father passed away, I came across this note that was on his desk, and I keep it on my desk today, and it's a, it's a, a note of encouragement to self. And my father fought a battle with cancer for the several years of his life, especially the last, the last year. And so he made a list of things that would encourage him, things that said, uh, don't give up. There's a fighter inside you. Don't allow your doubts and your fears to win this battle. Do your most feared things first every day, one day at a time. Don't worry about the past. Just do your best today and every day. Keep on keeping on. So it was a sort of self-talk. Paul Tripp, I love to read some of Paul Tripp's stuff. He says, and this is an odd saying, but he says, no one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. Okay, let me read that again. No one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. We are in a unending conversation with ourselves, talking to ourselves, interpreting life, organizing and analyzing what's going on inside us and what's going on around us. There, we have a running commentary in our heads about almost everything that's happening in our life. And the question that I think we need to ask ourselves is, what are we telling ourselves about 
who God is. What are we telling ourselves about his abilities to bring forth the things that he's promised? What are we telling ourselves uh, that bring encouragement? What are we telling ourselves about our God that would build up our faith and remind us that he is with us and that he is for us, that his grace is all sufficient? Because if we don't believe those things are true for us, how would we be able to encourage anyone else with those same truths? Point A on your outline is, is we need to build one another up. We need to build one another up. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. I believe that we need to constantly and continually evaluate our motives and search our hearts as to whether the things that we speak into someone's life will serve to build up and encourage, to help them move closer to where God wants them to be, or are our words spoken out of selfish desires and motives that will only result in discouraging and tearing down the hearer? I believe we've all slipped into this at times and, and hidden behind the facade of, well, I'm just speaking truth in love. I've said that myself. I've slipped into that myself. I'm just speaking truth in love. Well, here's what I believe is the truth. If it tears down and discourages, then it's not in love. It might be truth, but it's not in love. And again, I'm not suggesting that we never have difficult and confrontational conversations. That's just part of life. But I am suggesting this, that we need to be prayed up. We need to be yielded to God's Holy Spirit, allowing Him to purify our motives and our heart's desires toward that other person because we're called to build one another up. And then point B, the final point, I believe it is on the outline, choose to stay positive. Make a decision, be intentional about being positive. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I have four remembers, four remember points in this last section. First, we need to remember that our words have power. They have power to build up or they have power to tear down. We pray for God to give us wisdom. I frequently, and when I know there's going to be a difficult situation, I pray and pray for God to give me wisdom, to give me the words to speak. But how often do we pray to him to place a guard over our mouth and not allow us to speak the words that would tear down or bring discouragement? Here's a really profound and powerful statement. We are free to choose the words that we use, but we are not free from the consequences of our choices. Let me read that again. We are free to choose the words that we use, but we are not free from the consequences of our choices. Choose to be an encourager. The next remember is remember who you are, your God's own possession. And remember that you are called to show others God's goodness, to be a reflection of who he is, to be a dispenser of the love and grace that he freely has given to you. First Peter says this, first Peter chapter two, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, as a result of who you are, you can show others the goodness of God 
for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. So that scripture tells us as a result of who you are, we're royal priests, we're a holy nation, we're God's very own possession. Because of that, you can and you should choose to be a positive influence in people's lives. You should choose to demonstrate who God is through your words and you should choose to show God's goodness to others. And the fourth, remember, was he's called us to love. He's called us to love. Philippians 2, 1 through 4. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. This is a high calling. It's a really high calling. And as Christ followers, I believe we've all been fulfilled. We've been equipped uh, to fulfill this calling. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to fall short in, in some of these areas. But I believe that he's called us to have tender and compassionate hearts towards others, um, to humble ourselves so that we can rep represent who he is to others, that we can speak words of encouragement, that we can speak words of life, that we can be a positive influence in the lives of those that God has placed into our path. To end, I just want to say this. We, we all need encouragement. We're all uh, fighting a battle. And we need to be intentional about choosing to stay positive. And it's, it's a difficult path in this world, I'll admit that. But we need to choose to stay positive and choose to live a life of no regrets, a life of not missing the opportunity to speak the words of life. Don't rob someone of the blessing of encouragement with words never spoken. We have no idea what God will do with a single word of encouragement spoken into someone's life. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful today that you love us. Father, we're thankful that you have placed your spirit in us, a spirit that leads us and guides us and brings correction into our life, that, that brings encouragement as we seek you and, and the, the, the glorious promises that you have for us. Father, won't you help us? Uh, to be a positive influence for your kingdom, to be able to represent you well as we interact with others. Father, that we would be able to speak uh, the powerful words that you've given us, the words of life, that we would not withhold the blessings of encouraging others. Father, that when we think something in our head, when we think a positive thought about someone else, that we would tell them, whether it's through a personal conversation or a note or or a text or an email or whatever that might be, Father, that we would be encouragers. Father, our desire is that, uh, again, that we would represent you well. And Father, that we would uh, be able to help people take steps closer to where you desire them to be by speaking encouragement and truth into their life in a way that would bring you glory. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.